So you've got two balls of the crystal variety and talking about Greg Williams D. I like it. I like where you're going with this. And welcome to the Empire Dynasty League Unnamed Corporate Sponsor Podcast. I'm Ben. We're back again. That rhymes unintentional. We're joined as always by Chris Keane. How are you? G'day, Ben. How are you, mate? Good. I'm the new Dr. Zeus, apparently. Uh, and Brody, how are you, mate? Very good. Keeney, you could have thrown at me like last week. That was smooth. It was smooth. I wasn't expecting it last week, so I was waiting this week and uh, you underwhelmed. But well, as we're about to. Nine. As we're yeah. about to find out when we review your team, underwhelming in this league is probably what you're good for all year. Um, <laughs> Look at his face. He's, he loves that, doesn't he? I'm going to welcome episode in... Episode nine. Well, episode nine, I'll welcome in all of our interstate and international listeners out there that we've got. And uh, such a far-reaching podcast these days. I've gone out and said... I can deliver this line. You can, uh, you can reach out to us on both Twitter and Instagram at EDLpod. For anyone who's interested in, in getting in contact with us, drop us a line. Let us know where you're listening from and how you stumbled across this Bush League podcast that we've created. Um, all right. Well, boys, we are, we're three weeks into the NFL season, three weeks in the books, and we've got a bit to get through this week, so we better kick it off. Every newsman in this city is laughing at us, and I don't like it. That's right. We are ready for the news with that new news drop. Mate, there's a lot of new uh, sound drops to get ready for this week. We are big time. We've got a Twitter and a little Insta handle, and now we're getting some Anchorman droppage. Wow. (laughs) Speaking of droppage, we don't get any drops that there are going to be drops. So just bang, there it is. And Ben's just laughing, waiting for us. Hey, it's been a productive holidays for me. This is what I've been spending all my time doing. <laughs> oh, can I can I just say it's been a much smoother start to the pod than last week. You were in another world. It's fair to say that last week I was still in holiday mode when we started to record the podcast, and I've uh, I've made a concerted effort this week to actually know what I'm talking about when the, because I think there was a good thirty seconds of silence last week at the start. Anyway, let's kick it off. Well. We've been dreading this in in NFL news since uh, the season started and COVID has finally hit a team, an NFL team, and it's now the flow-on effect is starting. It's hit the Titans um, and it's come out that a a few players for the Titans have tested positive and so have some players for the Vikings who they came up against as well as some of their um, officials at the club. So an NFL spokesman uh, says there was more than one positive test in Tennessee. But even though it was initially reported in Minnesota, I think it's come back now saying there's no positives in Minnesota um, in yesterday's round of testing. So that's good news there that it's not a flow on for their game, hopefully. But this is an interesting one with the Steelers-Titans game. It's been announced that it's postponed. Uh, no one really knows what that's going to look like for fantasy. Um, some people are talking about it being pushed to Wednesday. Some people are talking about it might just go down as their buy. So very, very interesting situation for anyone who owns Steelers and Titans players. Um, I don't think I own any in across all leagues. What about you boys? Um, I've got 
a couple on the bench, but no starters, thankfully. But I, I thought they were just moving it to Monday or Tuesday. So same week um, shouldn't be affected. Is that not right? Well, I think I think for now that's how it's trending. But obviously they're they're holding tight to see what what uh, tests come back and reveal. But there is talk that it could also just go down as a buy as well, which will be fun for you, Katie, won't it? Yeah, um, yeah, it will be. I mean, I've got <laughs> I've got Juju. Juju. Um, I'm I've basically Hod's got a buy anyway this week. I'm pretty sure that's where he's going with it. <laughs> To the punch. Did you have anything more to add, Hod? Or was that it? Oh, I was just going to say, haven't hasn't half your squad been on COVID the whole year? <laughs> yeah, I'm used to this. <laughs> yeah, oh, nothing different for you. Around in two to three years, I'll be a bottom dweller, and you'll be in the praises. Time will tell. <laughs> we've just gone on about how smooth we've started and then Hod's up for the next news item and he's just chucked a strawberry in his mouth. <laughs> he's got the, the Nicky Webster strawberry kisses going. He's been able to get the line oh, out. Oh, no, it's, a, it's an well, almond, is it? Yeah, we'll save this recording for a later date because they are a funny-looking strawberry. <laughs> it's a normal, nice almond, but... um. Yeah, um, Papa got some good news. Uh, Matt Nagy announced that Foles is the starter moving forward, and that starts with my Colts this week. So Papa might be happy now, but we'll see how long that lasts. Could be a different story this time next week. Yeah, it could be, but good um, good news for Papa. As we've mentioned, I think only like 17 times that he needs a QB, so this could help him a little bit. Um, speaking of other QBs, the, the Jeff Driscoll hype was short-lived for the grouse, that's for sure. One <laughs> week of starter action tonight. No, we've seen enough, thanks. Big Brett, the ripper. Ripping. He's, uh, he's coming in, the big fella. He's going to start in what shapes to be one of the worst Thursday night games of all time. Denver v. the Jets. And speaking of the Jets and their absolute shot show of a coach, that is Adam Gase. Um, there's rumblings and rumours circling that this could be it for Gase. They could, um, if they don't perform well, or even if they do, it could be the the end of the Gase era in New York. Mm. So Hopefully. let's save, save comment for a, a segment later there, Keeney. Okay. I don't like to, uh, I don't like to wish for negative things to happen, but him being fired could be the best thing for absolutely everyone at the moment. My God, he sucks. Anyway, let's move on to injury news, I reckon. You good, Hod, well, or you got another almond ready to roll? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just uh, just sorting the colours out at the moment. But, um, yeah, sad <laughs> to Rick Cohen. Um, mm. Wasn't as involved as he probably would have liked and, and Thais would have liked it this season, but still a pivotal part of that Chicago offence and tore an ACL on the weekend. Um, same with Dallas Goddard, um, uh, believed to be a high ankle sprain, but uh, it's been deemed that there's a fracture there in the ankle. So he's gone on to IR. Um, wouldn't expect too long, but maybe a month on the sidelines there. And then another another string of the humdingers has just popped, Chris Godwin. So he it came out, it's a mild strain. Um, so he's set to miss this week. And I think they'll... Um, give him a rest for the Thursday night game that follows. So then he'll get 
back for, I think it's the pack um, in a few weeks' time. So can't keep them on the park, the humdingers. And, of course, that tight end injury for, for all Philly supporters has got to hurt oh, them going forward. I, I think some of the lines you've rolled out recently, Keeney, I need to just queue up some cricket sound effects. For, there's, there's guaranteed to be one a week. Tumbleweed. <laughs> the tumbleweed, yeah. I'll get a uh, tumbleweed sound effect ready to roll for next week. I've got every other sound effect just about... Just about in the books. Uh, all right, moving on. Deontay Johnson, he's in concussion protocol. Um, we'll talk a bit more about how that affected Manny's team in a second. Chris Carson, uh, it's positive news, believe it or not. He's come out with a knee sprain, it's looking like. Um, and so, yeah, per Schefter, I can say that because I did a bit of research for this one. It's a first-degree sprained knee, which is considered one to two weeks. But you were even saying, Hod, that there's talk that he could even suit up this week which would be pretty amazing considering how bad that looked initially if you're watching the game it's a pretty gross I'm, display i'm pretty sure he may have practiced today which is very surprising but it's ironic and call it karma that one of Papa's dirty cowboys has injured one of his dynasty players so i'm not sure how he feels about that mm. Katie? Yeah, I, was, I, was, yeah, I was actually just going to bring that up a question without notice. What do you think of that that play that hurt Chris Carson? It wasn't a good look, was it? I don't think you could. I don't think anyone could look at that and say that that's a positive uh, NFL type play. That's just absolute horse shit. And it was the same player, I believe, um, number seventy-two, whoever he is. But he's also the same player that kept one a pivotal drive alive later in the game with a helmet to helmet hit on Wilson. Yeah. It's not a great day for that bloke. It shocks me that that's not an instant suspension, something like that. Like, here he is clearly trying to injure a player and he's going to, I mean, he might not miss a week, but everyone thought the worst, he could miss a season. And then basically they came out and said, the NFL said they were just going to give him a fine. I just thought that's, to me, I look at that and go, that's just a suspension. Imagine doing something like that in AFL. Bounty. Chris Judd. Chicken wing. The chicken wing. Uh, well, let's move. We'll shift it to some positive injury news. Uh, George Kittle was full go at practice. Um, so Keeney must be excited about the return for Kittle. I've got him in redraft, so I'm pretty pumped about that too. Uh, but, yeah, nice to hear that full, full go in practice is a very positive way of wording it for his knee. Yeah, that uh, looks, looks pretty good for Kittle. Um, you know, hopefully he's the same player. I'm sure he will be. Um, it'd be interesting. Mullins, Mullins mightn't be too bad for him either. Like, I'm not too worried about that as a drop-off from Jimmy G. Um, and just just further on the Deontay Johnson concussion news as well, it's interesting that one um, with their game postponed a couple of days, it might actually help him um, be available, whereas he probably wouldn't have been if they played on the Sunday. So if they play Wednesday or, or whatever, he could actually get up for that. So... Um, but it's always hard with those players whether to stick them in or or have them on the bench and wait and see. But um, we'll move on. Um, another <clears throat> player from the Sensible Haircuts and a big piece of his um, dynasty roster is Michael Thomas, who's back and, and looks pretty very uh, looks very likely to play this week against Detroit. Um, but on the other side of things, big Leonard Fournette in Tampa Bay 
done a little ankle and it looks like it could be back to Rojo Hod, back to the great man. Yeah, it's going to be a topsy-turvy stock that year. Jake sent me a few messages a week ago saying, oh, his boy's got the stock this week. It's all in his favour. I'll cop that, Jake the Snake. Yeah, I think there's going to be a few carousel-type positions this year, the way things are I'll have it for a week. Yeah. All right, let's move to league news, I reckon. Let's get the some the more interesting stuff. NFL secondary to, to EDL. And there's a bit of news this week, which is good, um, in the league. And it starts with a member of this podcast with a, a nice little trade with the DFF. Oh, um, do you want to talk I'll us inter- through that one, yeah. Hot? Uh, hold on, I'll interrupt. I think I've just been sent the new theme song of the DFF. <laughs> Is the tank job well and truly on at the DFF? My God. It does, it does have a big stench about it, doesn't it? There's a real big waft coming out of the factory at the minute. I'm all for, actually, I'm all for this. If you if you want to blow your team up, I think this is how you do it. You sell older assets to teams that want to compete now. You try and get some picks in to regroup. So credit to Steph. It looks like he is well and truly executing that tank Plan tank for uh, what's his name again? Trev. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor. So hard. So you get Ertz, um, and you give away Jarwin, who's obviously done his ACL, um, a fourth rounder this year, which isn't worth. You know that could be uh, what pick forty eight or something. Really, it could be pretty late. And then a twenty twenty two first in a couple of years' time. Do you want to talk us through that? Yeah, it's um, well from Steph's point of view. Um, I can speak for him. Uh, he he definitely liked Blake Jarwin uh, as as do I, um, but he's obviously not scoring me anything this year. So um, he got him, and then um, I was willing to throw in uh, the first rounder in two years' time, which was a required piece from Steph. Um, so yeah, that's really it. I think, as you said, he's executing a strategy um, well, and and I like it. It's going forward. I I saw him as. Not really a buy low in Dynasty. I don't think that really exists. But, you know, the Eagles aren't really performing how most would see. And I, I still believe in Ertz being their number one option and expecting that offense to turn around with through some volume his way. Uh, and the other, the other thing that sort of was a factor for me is just with C-Max injury um, amongst a few others of mine, I just saw an opportunity to perhaps soften the blow in the next month. It's, it's a pivotal time for my season. So that was really the thoughts behind it. Yep. Nice. I like the trade for both teams there. I think it all makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I was just going to say it's, it's for mine, it's a perfect trade um, for both teams in terms of the direction both teams are going. Um, I think both teams are winners, so no complaints from anyone, I don't think. Yeah, and then just one last thing on that is, you know, a few members of this league, um, you know, were very insightful into the tight end premium and something I'm willing to admit I didn't look too much into um, in the draft process, but it's something I've definitely come around to. So that's just another factor that played into the Earth selection there. Nice. Well, uh, we will... This is probably a good time to launch into our new segment here. That's right. Heard it through the grapevine. 
Uh, with with a, with one trade going down this week, I think the the discussion of trades seems to amp up every week, and hopefully this little segment here might become uh, a bit larger as the weeks go on in this season. But boys, what's uh, what's one of the better rumored trades that you've heard of this week? Uh, yeah, I thought this was a juicy one. Papa's often the um, topic of conversation on this pod and. He obviously had the the blue chipper Saquon go down and, and no doubt there's been a few offers, but one has come to light and it was an interesting one. I think some might argue Tim Oss is back to his usual trade antics, but he uh, threw in Devonta Freeman and uh, future first for Saquon. What are your thoughts on that initially, boys? I, don't know. I didn't have it teed up, but I don't know if this is... Oh, no. I was going to get a sound effect there, but it's probably too late notice. Absolute flies bugging, buzzing around a pile of dog shit on that one. That is horrendous. Yeah, it's that's borderline warning worthy. That's not, first borderline. not borderline. That is. That's yeah. Sorry, it's not borderline. It's that is blacklisted type nonsense. It's absolutely horrific, but I do find it interesting that we 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 did raise this on the pod last week. So there's clearly been some listening going on by the, the league members thinking, yeah, maybe it's not a bad idea that he trades off Barkley. Yeah, and and to be fair to Tim Oss's side, he doesn't know, you know, where where Papa's <laughs> decision on this season sits. So I think tell you where anyone's decision sits. It doesn't matter if you're Papa or not. Saquon Barkley is not worth a Devonta five carry Freeman. That's ridiculous. <laughs> so I thought you were going to say, in fairness to Timos, he doesn't use any trade calculators, so he probably thought <laughs> in his brain that was fair. I think if you put that in a trade calculator, you just get that laughing emoji pop up, wouldn't you? Like, come on. Well, I think I think they've progressed a bit further. <laughs> nothing's nothing's come of it yet. I think there is a danger of starting at your absolute basement when uh, floating a trade out there because I'm surprised that Papa is still in discussions with him after that. Sorry, Tim, also, I know you don't like us talking about your, uh, your trading, mate, but you got to lift if that's your first offer. Any, any other trades floating around that you've heard of? Any, anyone on this pod, maybe? Oh, Keeney inquired about Amari Cooper today with me. Um, didn't really go anywhere because I'm pretty happy with Cooper and, and not willing to sell and, uh, yeah, that's that's about as far as that one got, Keeney. Yeah, it was a that was a short conversation, but that's fine. Um, ben was upfront and honest about kind of what he wanted. Um, but there, you did have another one, didn't you, on the before the Friday night game from memory, Ben? I did. I offered uh, going back to Papa with Saquon Barkley going down. I thought he might be looking for uh, a running back, obviously. So I offered him James Robinson and next year's second for his 2021 first. So I offered that the night before the Thursday night game. Um, Didn't hear anything from him. So because I wanted to start Robinson, I actually pulled the trade so I could start him. And then he got back to me the next day and said that I think he doesn't want to jump into any decisions too early. So don't know. That, That conversation could come up again. But after Robinson's game, the value might have shifted just a little bit. Yeah, and that's and look, that's fair enough. I think Barkley's an interesting one in terms of, I think you'll look to hold him for a, for as long as he can before he needs to make a decision 
one way or the other, which is which makes perfect sense. I will say I did plug in just then while we we're on the podcast the Barkley for Freeman in a first rounder. It gave surprisingly the team that gets Barkley was one thousand two hundred and twelve percent better off. <laughs> I know you don't like trade calculators, Tim Ox, but mate, there's low balling and then there's there's that. I, I feel I feel like I have to justify. I brought it up, so I, I have to defend Tim Ox. Does does that trade calculator factor in the injury though? That's, no, it, it's the hard thing. True, true. Um, it doesn't, um, but. It, I think the result is so large that it doesn't need to. <laughs> you can't, you can't justify the thousands percent. No, not today. I think the only time you want to see a thousand percent increase on something is if you own your own business, isn't it? Not, uh, not when you get rid of a draft pick and a player. All right, let's let's move on. That's enough for heard it through the grapevine. We'll um, let's kick it off with the reviews from week three. And uh, here's another drop for you, boys. Here's a, a new one. What was that? I heard something, then I saw something. You didn't hear anything, man. <laughs> All right. Well, we reviewed uh, the games from last week, and I'll kick it off with one of our own, the Grouse. Not so Grouse at the moment. 103.36, defeated by the Gym City Stallions, 123.26. Uh, this saw Jim chalk up his first win for the season and the grouse just dropping to an 0 and 3 and they're not looking as their namesake right now. Third week in a row, Keeney, that you've just scraped over 100. Um, I know we can argue that you've got a few outs at the moment. You've got Kittle coming back. You've got AJ still on the bench, but time will tell. We'll Wentz's fantasy score, he scored about 21, I think. So it looked okay on paper, but if you were watching him actually play, it took overtime to get him up to that score. And um, and Danny Dump, as I've got here, just a hot, steamy Danny Dump at the moment in your lineup. Uh, your QBs are not really panning out, as you may have hoped in uh, in the redraft. Not the redraft, the draft. Um, yeah, and I think you might be praying for your saviour in tour to, to get named as the starter this season because the way your two quarterbacks at the moment are trending is not good at all. Uh, and, yeah, as I said, AJ Brown, you're hoping that he gets back soon. It doesn't look like he's going to play again this week, so it's another week with him on your bench. Um, on Jim's side of it, there's an underwhelming score from his number one pick in Jacobs. Failed to crack double digits, but... He's still getting the carries. He's still getting the workload. So I expect that to hopefully turn around for him. Um, Jim just couldn't pick the right packer for his wide receiver. Played the wrong one. Luckily, it didn't cost him this week. And an interesting takeaway I had was saw Jim take KJ Hamler off his taxi squad, but then just sit him on his bench this week. So I'm not sure, Jim, uh, what you point. You just wanted to drop someone? I don't know. I'm not sure. You could have just left him on your taxi squad for another week. I don't think he was doing anything wrong there. Uh, so interesting. I don't know if you brought him off and then changed your mind, but probably the biggest positive for Jim at the moment is Keenan Allen's stock is on a big increase with Justin Herbert in at QB at the moment. So as long as Herbert's his QB, I'd be playing him with confidence every week. Is there something um, 
we don't know about the taxi squad. Are players able to get poached off it? Is that why Jim put him <laughs> on parting or the, the bench so he couldn't get poached? Is that is that a transaction that's possible in this league, Danny? No. He's, I tell you what, though, he's, he's, it's not like he didn't have enough room. He's got, he's got four spare spots there at the minute. He's turned into a bloody taxi ride, get set. He, no issues. <laughs> Straight through. The Jimmer. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what the appeal was. Maybe he was undecided whether to start him and just, I don't know. I, I can't explain that. Yeah, <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to get him on and ask him. But uh, finally, I got I got on the board with my predictions. I predicted Jim to get up in that one. Wasn't really a hard one after what Keeney's dished out in the first couple of weeks. I was pretty safe there. So got on the board with my uh, prediction there. Well, I'll move on to a prediction that I didn't get right from last week. It was the Park City Lions with a triumphant 160.08 defeating the straight cash homies, 143.24. Now, I can tell you, I've spoken to Tim Oss. He's still dirty about this. He doesn't rate you, Ben. He doesn't like the score you dished up. But what, I will You mean say- the, the highest score of the week? Can't argue yeah, with that, mate. Nah. That's, there's nothing stiff about that when you come up against good opposition. Hey, this is my this is my segment here. You just lay off for a second. Now, this match just shows how fantasy football can be a love-hate relationship for every team owner on a week-to-week basis. Ben has rolled out the triple-headed monster of Robinson, Gaskins and Burkhead for 71.2. Contributing to that score we talked about. So, tough... But as you know, as you've alluded to, Ben, kudos to you for picking the time to play. What are we calling him? Flex Burkhead. Flexi <laughs> Rexy. Flexi Flexi. The, the, the talking point of your team is obviously the big chub, and and he's been the talking point on this pod. And this week, uh, Ben went with the solo chub, who continued his strong early morning glory form. So he, so, he was lowered to a flex. It was a flex chub this week. Um, <laughs> half mast. <laughs> oh, we, won't, we won't start with this. But um, I'm not sure if it would have mattered this week, but Imos needs to wipe out these dud scores from his starters. This is the second week in a row he's had a donut. Um, this week it was Irv Smith Jr., uh, who Timos has kept faith in over the first three weeks of this season. And I'm questioning why because he scored 3.4 points and I think it's been on the back of five targets so it might be time for the wiry old vet Greg Olsen to slip into the starting position uh, but and Timos had his hand forced a little bit at RB2 this week or last week's injury but um, did decide to play Devonta Freeman three days after signing with the Giants who dished out a one-point performance so if he can correct those low scores, I think he'll be all right. But here's the stat line of the week. Mike Evans, known as a wide receiver, but I might be calling him a tight end from now on. He, he had two receptions from four targets for two yards and two touchdowns. So I think he's only being played in this goal line packages with Brady, but um, I found that a bit um, bizarre for a, a wide receiver of his stature. But he should maybe with Godwin out now, see a bit more volume. So um, there we have it. My biggest takeaway from your review there, Hod, is um, that Tim got outcoached by 
He's playing. How, how so? How well, he's, so? He's playing Irv Smith, who's who's had not much going on. He hasn't uh, he hasn't got his second running back position sorted out. He's scrambling to get Devonta Freeman on there, and meanwhile, I can just roll old Flex Burkhead out to Jeez. drop a thirty on him. He's going to hate, hate this podcast. I, we've we've ripped him on his trading, and now we're ripping him on his coach. <laughs> I'll tell you what's flexing at the moment is your muscles after a big week. Jesus Christ. It could got- be the only time I score over 120 all season. So I've got to live it up. Fair enough. Next game. And he even had the half mast chub as well. So not <laughs> even the chub and still, still piled on the 160. Boy. Um, let's move on to the next game. And that is... I called it. It was going to be a nice one, this one. I'm, I'm pretty happy with my prediction here with the San Diego Demons against Pappas Punishers. It was. It looked to be smooth sailing for a lot of this game. And I did I did say it's, there's not much between these two teams and I could see this going down to the wire. Well, I didn't think it would go down to the wire like this. And that was going into the Ravens-Chiefs game. I think um, Pappa was up by about 32 and he had Kelsey as well. So really, Mahomes needed to outscore Kelsey and uh, by 30, him, so, Jesus. Mahomes needed to outscore. <laughs> Mahomes needed to outscore Kelsey by 32. Um, and as we all kind of watched and saw that, it was very close. Very, very close. Um, you know, he's throwing touchdowns to offensive linemen, uh, ended up with five touchdowns, put a big 40 burger on the table um, and nearly got it done. But it was. In the end, Kelsey scored 14, so he just snuck over the line. But, geez, he was having a hard time watching that game, I reckon. I've got it on good authority that uh, that Papa was ready to throw in the towel in all forms of fantasy if he was to lose that game against Cumbo. Um, That's how um, close it was. I'm, I'm glad you brought this up, Ben, because that one-year window almost did become the weak window. <laughs> Hasn't hasn't he been studying like voodoo during the week and he's trying to break the curse? I'm pretty sure he was messaging Thais talking about the voodoo that he might be uh, taking on to try and shed the curse that is the Punishers. We'll have to wait and see uh, if it works. I also have it on good authority because I'm part of it, but he started up a betting syndicate. Maybe he's moving on from fantasy altogether. Focusing his attention to that, is he? Do we have time to go through that? Short five-minute video. I don't know if we do. Um, let's, <laughs> let's move on. Um, right. I'll quickly go through this matchup as well. I like to look at kind of how the skill position players go. And I think I only see positive things for both these teams, actually. They both put up, you know, around 140. Um, only three touchdowns for Papa's skill position players and only two from Camo. So I think, generally speaking, their squad's in a pretty good spot, um, both of them. And I can like Camo's zero and three, but I think he's a lot better than that. Um, I will say I did give some information last week, Camo, if you're listening, and that was to start Mullins over Watson, and you know he did outscore him. So what more can I give you there by a healthy point six six? I reckon. But, you know, um, I reckon if we were to get Camo back on the pod now, he might be regretting the aggressive trade that he made for Deshaun. Because sitting, you know, sitting with what he would have had with Mahomes as his quarterback, it doesn't really matter who your second quarterback is when Mahomes is doing what he's doing. So, will be interesting. 
hopefully it turns around for him. The biggest talking point in this game was clearly for me that um, Nick Foles is in. And we spoke about it last week that um, with the Barkley injury, you know, would he move him for a couple of pieces, including the quarterback, because I think he needs one um, to, for some coverage this year. Um, he may have, you know, struck some gold here if, if Foles can hold on to that job. So big, big result coming out of this week for him. I agree that it's it's been nice timing for him with Foles getting the starter. But if you watched that, when he came in, he did not look convincing. I know that as the game went on, he he managed to pull the win out. And I think that probably speaks more to Atlanta than it does to, to Foles' performance. But yeah, I, I don't know if that's going to be a fun situation to play the old Bears QB carousel in fantasy. Because who knows how certain that job is. He could get benched mid-game as well for Trubisky for all we know. And, and we've spoken about it a few times just with these defences that plan all week for a different QB and then the other QB comes in and they look half decent. Like you've yeah. seen it this year with Herbert, um, Driscoll, a few others, I think. Um, and now, Mullins. you know, a team all week to prepare for, for Nick Foles um, and we'll see how he goes. I think it's it's worth mentioning who that D is. I've said it a couple of times, boys, but it is a juggernaut there at the Horseshoe. Such Number a juggernaut one, that in a redraft league, one of our members just won't give up that defense for anything. He won't Hoard, listen to this. So hoarding. But yeah, number one in DVOA defense, the Colts at the moment. I do like my DVOA stats, as you know. Um, so their defense has been very strong this year. All right, let's move to the next one, which was the Johnny Unitas haircuts scoring 114.78 and they were taken down by the Prestige Worldwide at 136.72. Matt improves his record to 3-0 and Manny is handed his first loss for the year. It was, if you were watching the early games, it was an absolute bloodbath for the sensible haircuts this week. He lost McKinnon partway through the game. Deontay Johnson out with the concussion, got it with an ankle, John Brown, uh, and they were all in-game injuries. So it's not like he could last-minute pivot and put someone else in that you just got to cop those. And those weeks will come, which speaks a lot to why his score was subpar to what he's been putting out most weeks. But I'd say the silver lining for Manny and the sensible haircuts is that Burrow and Wilson continue to be arguably one of the best QB tandems in our league right now. Uh, However, I'd say making the same argument for a QB tandem would be Matt with his in Prescott and Josh Allen, who are continuing to be the solid bookends for his team each week. Um, Matt was pretty lucky to chalk up a win here with his three wide receivers and his three tight ends that he started. All six of those players failed to crack double digits. So uh, that's not what you want to be building your team around. He's going to need those players to step up a bit, which was the weakness of Matt's team. We've all gone over that wide receiver thing but I think to make up for those wide receivers he's banking on those tight ends which seems to be a bit of a roller coaster at the moment week on week out um yeah the injuries unfortunately put an end to this matchup pretty early uh so it wasn't much of a spectacle and I did predict Matt to win so I got that one um so after an 0 and 2 start in my predictions boys I'm back 2 and ah. 0 very nice now Let's move on to the, well, let's look at this prediction. It was not looking good, but it was the Bayside Executioners 154 who just defeated the DFF. (laughs) 
Couldn't help myself. That will not, that will not dub- get up. They're Ever. doubling down. The DFF finished on the correctly predicted sub-ton score of 89 yes. So um Sub-ton. My God. He gives, he gives it to Jim for being that 70s show. Well, there was the spin-off that 80s show, and I think Steph is getting the starring role on that one at the moment. I was going to say, I was... I was watching with anticipation. He was on 70 before Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's game and I was praying that he would remain in the 70 zone. <laughs> you, you blokes are brutal. But, um, but luck, luckily, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire fell to him at pick 20, <laughs> so it out of that hole. That's right. Uh, Scoot got Kenny Golliday back this week, uh, which softened the blow as Adams uh, was a late scratch. And he put the DFF to the sword pretty early in this one, recording fairly consistent high scores from most of his starters um, and then obviously contributed to a 150-plus. It was good to see the Vikings get back to their run game this week and, and saw Delvin Cook, who just looks spectacular running the ball. I was talking to Tim Oss, who's a keen Vikings supporter today, and I don't know that there's anyone better running the ball than Delvin Cook. Um, forget about the running backs who do it all, just running the ball. He's a special talent. So career high, 181 yards. Uh, it's not a coincidence to see an offense have success when they get back to the run game. And perhaps I've gone a little early here, boys, but perhaps the Cardinals could take some notes and get Drake involved early instead of stat junkie Kyler Murray turn the ball over time and time again. Jeez. Well, without spoiling... Anything? Then there's a little teaser here, and we'll get to uh, some more Kyler we'll, Murray. We'll get to more later, but um, <laughs> not much more to really add on this matchup. Scoot showed signs of the preseason promise that we all thought his team could deliver on this season, and and the headlines are starting to surface, as you've stated earlier, that the DFS tank for Trevor campaign, um, yeah, is, is on truly on. I think seems. you gave way too much airtime. For a 65-point win. <laughs> well, I will, that's, that's, a pretty, that's a pretty valid point. I will say one other thing, and that is um, it was the first time we got to see someone trot out just the one QB. Um, and Steph put in DeAndre slash Jonathan Swift in his Superflex with a big 2.4. So a little bit of a difference from the QB to the running back six that just mm. gets slotted into the Superflex if you do not have one there. Um, did, uh, Swift played five snaps, was it? Oh, yeah. Staggering. It's not good. All right. Well, the last game was our, our matchup of the week, wasn't it? The Humdingers against OJ's legal team. Lack of. 50% let us down. It sure was. It looked to be a, a really nice matchup. And going to take the loss here. I did predict the Dingers. To, um, to get on top of OJ's legal team, but um, didn't eventuate as I planned. I will say it's good to see that Jake does listen to the pod, though. We talked about you know, Fournette sitting in there over Gurley, but he made that change. I'm going to take some sort of credit for that. He's listened to the wise man on the podcast and thought, yeah, no, I will play Todd Gurley ahead of Fournette. <laughs> um, no, I'm just kidding. But, Hot, it's never great, is it, when you... When you um, when you tune in and you know who you're playing in fantasy and you're watching Red Zone and Tyler Lockett in the first half catches three touchdowns, you must be thinking to yourself, well, there goes that week. 
Well, I'll give you an insight. The Between the two leagues in week two, I had Darren Waller exploded. And then oh. this week I had in both teams, I was playing Tyler Lockett and DeAndre Hopkins, who also had himself a nice little day. So if there's a double up on my squads, it's a shoe for a big score. Um, one other point that we need to discuss here is the masterful drafting from Jake. Right now, he has Ridley, who is the wide receiver one, Lockett, who's the wide receiver two, and Hopkins, who's the wide, re- wide receiver three, all in his lineup. That is staggering stuff. Um, so <laughs> that makes him so- hard to beat. After you just said he had the wide receiver, uh, I just saw yeah, Jake uh, White side got dropped. <laughs> maybe Jake can pick him up. Uh, nothing gets past you, does it? <laughs> Lord, I've done a little lispy wispy there. I wonder if Ben will pick up on it. Sure enough, there he goes with JJ Arthaga White side. Oh, apologies, apologies. But to sum this all up, it was you know both teams going forward. Are, Still feeling okay about this squad. Hot does fall to one and two, um, but we know he's got a few injuries there. Still sits on top of his division, thankfully. Just the two wins out of 12 for the Sonny Weaver Juniors. If they could lift at some point, that'd be nice. Um, but Jake at 3-0 and looks a real force this year. And I think our, all our early season predictions of him being the one to beat or one of the top two are you know, coming to fruition at this stage. So it's well, very, very strong. It's a good segue there because it probably uh, will be reflected in this week's power rankings. That's the power of love. That's the power of love. This week we uh, we sent it out to the league to actually vote. Um, so it's not just these three opinions that you guys hear every week. This is on the back of every single league member voting, and there were some interesting interesting votes in there to say the least. Um, one might get an honourable mention in the overreactions soon. But uh, kick us off, Hod. You've got the bottom tier this week. Oh, yes, I do. Um, well, as you said, it's a cons- more of a consensus now. So holding up everyone is the DFF, um, as as the Tank for Trevor campaign is is on, it seems. Um, next at 11 is our very own The Grouse. No change there. So, sorry, Steph actually dropped two spots from last week's ranking. Uh, the San Diego Demons uh, are up two spots from the bottom to number 10. And then the Jim City Stallions rounds up the bottom tier. He's dropped from eighth to ninth position. Mm, so he's just fallen this week. And, and that's because the Park City Lions have climbed out of that bottom tier and they've made it into the second tier cut there at number eight. So I've gone up one spot there. Odd. Interesting that Jim's dropped a spot after a win. Didn't he win? Yeah, he beat uh, it pretty. He, yeah. Oh. Well, <laughs> the... oh, so it's not a win, is it? He had a bye, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think recency bias plays a part in this, and I reckon my top score probably got me out of that bottom tier there, and who I, I've got a pretty strong prediction I might fall back in there after me returning to the mean. But anyway, so Sensible Haircuts, they've gone to the seventh spot. They've dropped from the sixth spot last week. Uh, Straight Cash Homies have dropped from the fifth down to the sixth spot this week. And Pappas Punishers have dropped from the fourth spot down to the fifth. So you might notice the trend there that someone has done a big leapfrog to push 
all those three teams down there. Keeney, finish us off. I will. Um, before we get to that player, well, the biggest slider of the week, apart from the DFF, was your good self hold the Humdingers, coming in at number four. Um, what are your thoughts just initially on that? That's fair enough? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, you put up a 103, some pretty lacklustre performances, but yet to get the full squad on the park here, so I'm not too concerned at the moment. I'd be, um, I'd be pumped with the 103. Um, and we move on to <laughs> number three. And that is the biggest riser from seven up to three. And people are taking notice of the 3-0 and standing at the moment. And that is the Bayside Executioners. He's just went under the radar the first couple of weeks. And then he's put up a big 150 burger. And everyone thought, well, hold on. This bloke's actually got a half-decent side. Rising in, rising in the rankings and rising in his pants as well, I think, after this week. Absolutely is. And we'll just give the listeners a little insight into this, man. It, it may be his year because in our redraft league, he is also 3-0. and And his cumulative margin, coom coom, is <laughs> 2.7 points over Say that three. again. Say that again. That's not believable. 2.7 points. He's won by 0.1 Translate that for you because he beat me on the weekend by 0.1, which is one yard from one any yard. other than a QB. And then he knocked off Chris by 1.4 and then another 1.2 or something. So, yeah, Keeney. So, he, it could be his year. Like, as good as Jake is, it just might fall Scooter's way the way it's going. Good to see that you've handled that loss pretty well, though. Oh, I, I th- actually think I did. All, no. all things considered. Pretty impressive work from the Green Bay side executioners. And number <laughs> two, we go to another big packer and Cheesehead himself, and that is the Prestige Worldwide going up to number two from number three last week. So all of a sudden, people take notice of uh, Prestige Worldwide looking strong. And the consensus, number one, hasn't changed from last week, still is the OJ's legal team sitting out there at 3-0. I'll uh, I'll just add the two consensus picks from the league were Jake at one and Keeney sticks at eleven, so that's that's interesting in itself. There. <laughs> it's true. Uh, it was interesting to look at everyone's takeaway, like everyone's voting in the power rankings. Uh, I think DFF and OJ's legal team were ten out of twelve votes voted them as the one of the twelve spot. Um, but yeah, some pretty interesting takeaways when you look at everyone's voting. I think it's interesting to know what people are thinking when they vote for these power rankings. I know we were sort of discussing, Keeney was, when he was voting, he was looking a lot at the record. I did not look at anyone's record. I based it purely on who I would not want to play next week. And I kind of worked it out from there. And then I, I could add to that, I'd probably look at points scored um, as the other one. So mm. yeah, it's interesting how everyone Everyone approaches the power rankings, but a bit of fun. Good segment. And early, very early on, but I think I would say all of the top 10 are still a chance to play the playoffs. I think probably 11 and 12 is going to struggle, but I think you make a case for all 10 um, in that top 10 of power rankings um, that they're right in the mix, particularly with division games coming at the back end of the year as well. So, mm. And some divisions really struggling to... Uh... What is collectively how many wins in your division at the moment, Hod? Four? Two. Uh, the NFC East has two. 
My God. Two. I could be leading your division. Is that what you're saying? That's the, what uh, you're saying, Dan. I'm not saying pup, anything. The Pup City Lions? Yeah, it'll be interesting at the end of the year if this if this division is fizzling out into a future uh, strategy. Uh, I wonder what sort of teams I might be facing in the the mm. end. But before we move on to, I've just got one quick apology to make, and that is to the DFF. I gave him a lot of shot for him picking Pod and Camo in this in this division, but he's a that's an absolute masterstroke. He's picked the, the dumpiest division of all time. He just his team's just worse. That's the only problem. Well, that's <laughs> that's a great segue, Keeney, because overreactions are next. And that's you're up. saying I've got a dumpy squad. Wow. <laughs> we might have to change our overreactions. You are right, Hod. We are moving to our week three overreactions. You can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious. That's right. I've spruced up all the drops this week. I didn't realise we're <laughs> a bit of funk. Off after this, gee whiz! Well, I haven't grown me moustache for that one, mate. Jesus! <laughs> Kick us off with your first overreaction, Keeney. Uh, I will. And look, me and Hot are playing against each other this week, so I thought I'd get some sort of spice involved in it early. Um, my week three overreaction this week is: Do we think that Lamar Jackson has been figured out? Um, you know, struggling a little bit this year. Um, the Chiefs, who tend to play in pretty strongly, um, were, were very good defensively against them. I know they had a few drops, um, but really they kind of dared him to, to throw it a little bit and he was, wasn't was great. What do you guys think? It wasn't great. Um, I was watching that pretty closely, that game. And, yeah, I think that is the lowest score that Lamar has ripped out in in a very long time, probably since he got named the starter in Baltimore a couple of years back. So 14, I think he scored in the end, but it did not look good. And some pretty alarming stats that come out when Baltimore are down versus at halftime versus when they're up at halftime for Lamar. So something he's got to figure out. And maybe this might just be uh, something that's good for their team because they didn't sort of face this type of game in Lamar until the playoffs last year. And obviously we know how that ended for Baltimore. So I'm hoping that he can turn it around. Yeah. And it's just last thing is a four point touchdown league obviously favors the rushing quarterback. He's just rounding out the 12. He's sitting at 12th on the season, which is a bit of a surprise. Yeah, absolutely. Cause he has not been lights out in any of his first three games. All right, I'll move on. We'll keep it in the quarterback position. And my overreaction is that Josh Allen will be the number one fantasy quarterback of 2020. Give us your thoughts there, boys. Well, this is a huge overreaction because I am expecting there to be some sort of correction to the market, if you like, because he's still, he's making a lot more wow throws than he normally does but there are still the head scratches in there that are just not being turned over at the minute um so yeah i definitely he's playing lights out but i i don't personally see it lasting yeah i yeah i tend to agree i think it's a little bit of an overreaction i mean they do have a funny knack of getting inside the one like at the one yard line and him running it in i'd hate to own singletary or moss at the moment because he's getting uh 
the lion's share of all those kind of carries. But I suppose that's half the reason why he's going so well. So maybe that continues. Um, yeah, his accuracy for me is probably still the reason he won't be the number one fantasy QB this year. Um, and I think their defense is better than, say, a Seattle. Um, so, which then therefore limits his fantasy production or potential versus a Russell Wilson type, who I think could be the number one this year. Yeah, uh, I think that um, to definitively say he'll be the number one QB, obviously this is why it's an overreaction segment, but I like I like his chances. I like that he, I mean, everyone was saying the same thing about Lamar, the way he started last year, he couldn't sustain it, and he did. Um, I just think that their team is built pretty solidly, and as you pointed out, defense is going to keep other team scores down, which means he can... Um, have the ball more and he can scramble as we know he's making big throws. He's got digs as a, as a deep threat target this year. And he's got the arm to throw to him. Some of those throws that he puts up are pretty ordinary, but it doesn't matter in fantasy if they're incompletions versus uh, interceptions. So I like it. I'm going to stick with it as Josh Allen and uh, Matt will be pretty happy to hear that one. Well, speaking of sticking with, we'll, we'll stay with the quarterbacks and I alluded a bit to it earlier, but, the third overreaction of this week is Kyler Murray is nothing more than a stat patter or a stat junkie. He, he is severely hurting the cards um, this year with, with turnovers. So I think for fantasy, he's obviously very relevant because he still puts up the stats. But I'd, you could take this a little further and say, is he the quarterback of the future? No, nah, that's, that's a bit too far. But um, I, I will be interesting to see if, if he does keep turning the ball over, whether they do try and correct this run, running game and get it going first and open up the pass for him. What do you think, boys? Well, I was just going to say, how much of this is a genuine take, Hod, and how much of this is you ranting as the Drake owner? Absolutely 100% of it. <laughs> I was going to say, can we, can we cut that up, that bit where he said Kyle is not the franchise QB for this team going forward? Oh, that's that's ironic when you were the one who threw that earlier. <laughs> don't, reveal the don't reveal the secrets, mate. That's your uh, hot yeah. take. Oh, mate, you got another um, one. Don't you? I, I, I do have another one. Yeah, sorry, Ben. No, I agree. To to finish off the point you made there, I agree in a sense that they've got to not continue the way that they're going if they want to be a legitimate team. Um, and actually get Drake involved and make their offense more rounded than it currently is. Because right now it's it's a bit too much Kyler Murray show. Um, yeah, and it's well, a bit one-dimensional. And I can, I'll just talk to that. Like the way that they got Drake involved in that those eight games last year, their their offense was so dynamic because they were design plays. It just seems like Kyler is going one or two reads because I've watched a lot of them this this year. And then the play will just break down from him and then he decides to do it all himself. So mm. uh, anyway, we'll, we'll move on. And the last over or an honourable mention uh, for reactions this week is we do have access to people's submissions of this league for power rankings. And Camo, <laughs> how much of this is division rivalry taking to the next level, but he's rolled me in at number 12 in the power rankings this week so i have to throw that in as an honorable mention for an overreaction surely yeah i um i was almost going to message camo after i saw his voting and check if he was in the concussion protocol uh putting you at number 12 <laughs> oh my god jeez 
Deontay Cummins. Wow, we. He needs a lie down. Oh, doesn't he? He's 0 3. He, need, he just needs a lie down and deep breath. He might have been a bit lightheaded and giddy because he almost snuck a win in there when he was out of it. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows with Camo? But um, the prediction records, just a quick update. Uh, I went 1 and 1 for 3 and 1 on the year, and Kenny and Ben are now 2 and 2. Dang. So t- take what you like from that. But uh, the week four previews, what are mm. we. You ready for our week four preview drop? Oh, I said it with all due respect. That, no, look, that doesn't mean you get to say whatever you want to say to me. It sure, you, sure as heck does. No, no, it doesn't it's mean that. It's in the that. Geneva Convention. Look it up. Not... Uh, <laughs> I, I tell you, you blokes are loving these segments, but I tell you who doesn't. Jake the Snake messaged me during the week and he says, boy, Get rid of the transition songs. It's I just want to hear your delicious voices and your voices only. So I'm glad you've taken that advice on board, Ben, because there is a lot of drops in here. I'm just going to pre-record everything for next week's pod and just play it as a giant drop. Uh, it's interesting. I would have thought that hearing our three voices solely for an hour and a half would be boring as batshit. But there you go, Jake. You, you love the, the tones that are hitting your ears right now. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's go. Week four preview. So, Keeney, kick us off with, with a hard-hitting game. Mm, that's a stunning piece of information too, Jake. Seriously, mate. This is the best part of the pod is the deliciousness <laughs> of the transitions. Um, first game off the rank is the Park City Lions against the San Diego Demons. Two and one, Benjamin versus 0-3, Camo. So... Much needed win here. I'll tell you what, the projections, if you if you like to look at the projections, they're very close here. Um, one point game separating the two sides. So take that with a grain of salt if you like, or you can believe in it. It's up to you, really. I'm looking forward to this one. Nick Chubb versus Kareem Hunt, both sides of the ball. That'll be interesting. Paddy Mahomes against Lamar Jackson. Another interesting little matchup. But I do notice, and I need to ask you, Ben, mm. I know... Sexy Flexi got the job done for you last week, but he's straight out of the lineup. Can you explain that to me, please? Uh, yeah, Kansas City is is my reason. Um, I don't think they're going to have their way with Kansas City like they did against Vegas. Um, yeah, I, I it's not set in stone. It was just an in, initial uh, reaction. I was just trying to boost that prediction score up so it looked more competitive, mate. Yeah, um, I may have just had a first live call in, but Tim Oss is just asking Ben, did you fluke that score? Did I fluke it? No. Is that is that why Rexy's straight out? No, didn't fluke it. Uh, it's all about playing your matchups, as I as I said before in your takeaway, that uh, good coaching means you play people at the right time and you bench them when it's not their not their week. So this will work out. Don't worry. Don't you worry about my. It's team. actually genius. It's actually genius because there's no chance that Sexy Flexi will ever score 30 again. So it's a great time. <laughs> One oh, and I done. Think, I think we're going to be a bit quicker with these um, previews. So I'm just going to go straight into my prediction here. My main prediction revolves around, I think Lamar's going to have a massive day against Washington. And for that reason, I think the Park City Lions will knock off the San Diego Demons in a close one. 
I will just quickly point out that I saw earlier that Kareem Hunt is day-to-day. He's been listed. Uh, so that'll be an interesting one to watch because if he's named out, it obviously impacts Camo, but it helps me a lot as well. So that'll be a double. Chub. It helps your chub. It helps my chub, absolutely. From a half-mast to a six to midnight. All right, next game. Straighten us up, Hod. <laughs> oh, I will, absolutely. Uh, we'll move on to the Jim City Stallions at one and two versus the Bayside Executioners who are undefeated. And <laughs> the, uh, Rogers has a juicy matchup against Atlanta um, this week. Could get interesting if Lazard has a big game, but um, as Jim has both, the stack. But if, if Adams plays for Scoot, um, I think that'll uh, minimise the damage there from Rogers. So... I, I like Scoot to get the job done this week. He has some great matchups across the board with Cook against the Texans, uh, Connor against the Titans, and obviously Adams. But also, Devontae Parker draws the Seahawks, who you alluded to earlier, Keeney. Russ is putting up the numbers because he has to, because his defense cannot stop anyone there, or the pass defense especially. So I like Scoot this week. Nice. I'll I'll uh, continue on the Grouse zero and three taking on the Humdingers. We've got a podcast showdown. Uh, Humdingers sitting at one and two, as we pointed out, underwhelming week from them last week. So they're looking to bounce back. Right now, I'm looking at the points scored from both teams. Grouse has put up a pitiful three hundred and twenty-five, and Hod in three weeks has put up four hundred and thirty-eight. So just on that alone, it's looking a bit one-sided. AJ Brown looks to be out again, even though Keeney does get Kittle back, which does help. A little bit, but uh, with Foster Moreau just waiting in the wings, that sort of sums up all that there is to know about the grouse. So I'm giving this one to the Dingbats. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just going to come up with a new nickname for you every week. I did outscore hot last week, but anyway, move on. That's true. <laughs> However, I, I also think that that's been your ceiling, hasn't it? 113. Um, ceiling versus floor. That's what this matchup could be. Anyway. We move on to another floor, and that is the DFF, who are at 0-3 versus Prestige Worldwide at 3-0. and um, At this rate, Steph might not have any starters to play because uh, he could trade them all away for his upcoming rookie draft picks. Uh, I don't think this needs to have any more conversation. Matt's team flying. However, we'll hope for those tight ends to um, get a bit of production there and maybe one or two of his wide receivers. So, um, yeah, I don't think... I think even if they underwhelm, he won't be threatened by Thomas the Tank in the DFF. So Prestige Worldwide to add another win to their portfolio, as I've got here. Oh, black leather gloves. <laughs> um, so you are saying that if your two predictions are correct, which I think they will be, that next week we're looking at an 0-4 v 0-4 matchup. Spicy. Ooh, that would be spicy. For someone, I guess. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Uh and speaking of spicy, this one's another real battle of the heavyweights, I think. And Papa will be happy that I put him in that conversation. But it's the one seed v the five seed as per our power rankings, not ratings, power rankings. Um, I will say Big Falsey. Are we going to see him? Are we going to see Big Nick Foles this week? That's what I'm excited to see. Um, Chris Carson as well. So he's in doubt. So there's going to have to be a few decisions there for... The punishers, um, and also with Carson potentially missing, is it time to see the number one Jags running back Chris Thompson? Which I know he flagged most of the off season that the big Christopher Thompson 
it's going to be the wrecking ball that the Jags were after. I don't think I can tip against the number one seed here. I think he's too strong and he will go to 4-0, and which then leaves the punishers in an interesting position if that does happen. I think he's got a difficult kind of matchup there with, with Steve in week four. And then in week five, he plays, I think you, Ben. Is that right? Yeah, he oh. plays the Parkway Lions without um, Breeze and without... Uh, Carson, who's also on bye. So the bye weeks start to kick in in week five. So, yes, he has been helped out here by Foles. Um, but I think he's going to have to play him at some point in the next couple of weeks. So something to look forward to. Um, it is. And it's interesting. You know, we do give Happer a bit of airtime on this pod. Uh, but I don't think anyone would argue he wouldn't have it any other way. Without a he loves it when we're talking about his punishers. And uh, the last before, before you do uh, before you do go on here, Hod, we forgot to mention that this is our uh, this is our game of the week. Even though it's not an undefeated team, they both have losses to their name. But this is our uh, matchup of the week here. Johnny Unitas, sensible haircuts versus the straight cash homies. Who will win? I will tell. We definitely should have made that Jake's because he hates the drop so much. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I was, was going to say, as Jake's cringing wherever he's listening, uh, I'll roll this one in. It, it is a good matchup, this. It's it's probably the tightest game of the round, for sure. They're, they're very even. They're, what are we here? Just There's, really quick, they're one point separates them in the power rankings. Uh, if exactly. If that says a, a lot. That's where I was just scrolling to. Six and seven on the power rankings. Uh, I know the prediction scores aren't very meaningful, but they're very tight on the sleeper app at the moment. So um, Manny's quarterback room would be licking their lips this week. You've got Russ going up against the Dolphins, who could cook them for 50 points alone, and Burrow draws the Jags. So um, some nice matchups there, but he does have a couple under the injury cloud with, uh, McKinnon and Deontay Johnson. So we'll see if they get up. But on the back of Kamara's potential score, what what he could light up the Lions for this week, and also on the back of my overreaction on Kyler, I think Kyler might put up a monster score this week. <laughs> and great cash homies will seal the win. Ooh. What are your thoughts, boys? Matchup of the week? Yeah, I think it's going to be tight. I'm hoping that... Um that Manny gets a better run at injuries this week and it actually goes down to the wire because it would be a fun one to watch there. And uh, do we have a new segment? We do. I haven't got a drop ready for this one because uh, we've spoken about it. But if it takes off, if our if our listeners out there write to us and, and tell us how much they enjoy our new segment, uh, it could get its own drop by next week. And uh, we'll, we will move on now to what we're going to call Hod's Crystal Balls. <laughs> well, I was just th- I was just thinking you know, if there is a potential sponsor, I'm gonna have to like Hod's Crystal Balls to jump on board. So mm-hmm. off the first one, and Tyrod Taylor will be returning to the starting position when healthy, and the Chargers would be wise to do so. And that's not to better their chances of winning or any fantasy implications whatsoever, given Herbert and Keenan Allen and Eckler of jumped up in the rankings since that week one game with Tyrod or Tyrod. But 
I think they need to do so to avoid a lawsuit because it doesn't look great if that doc has punctured the lung and Herbert comes in and, and then that's his job for the rest of eternity. So um, I think Tyrod will slide back in there when healthy, but we'll, we'll see how long it lasts. I don't, I don't think it will last too long, but um, that's the first one. And the second one, it starts tomorrow on Thursday night football. I, I have a sneaky pick up of the Jets D in our redraft league. I don't like to talk about the redraft league too much, but I do like the Jets D this week against the Broncos on Thursday night football. Um, A, because they're playing against the Ripper in his first game he'll actually start, but primarily because Gase will get the flick in the post-game meeting after this one. So the stage is set for Greg Williams to flash his D. Yep, just process that one. And prove yet again why he is good enough to be an interim head coach until the end of the season. So what are your thoughts, boys? I think, you know, Gase has written his own script for a while now, but I, th- I think that, that'll happen tomorrow. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I like it. And I do also like the fact that in our first instalment of this segment, you've chosen two crystal balls, which I think is fitting. Um, and then you've also spoken about Greg Williams' D. So you've got two balls of the crystal variety and talking about Greg Williams' D. I like it. I like where you're going with this. It's, I like it. It's not, it's not Hod's crystal ball. He can't just pick one. He's got to have multiple balls. Uh, two balls. Two balls as a minimum. I no, can confirm too. And also that Jets one is almost a double whammy, isn't it? You're predicting that Gase is going to get the flick regardless of outcome, that Williams is going to be uh, the head coach or the interim coach there. So I That's like it. Do. What a good one. I, I can only predict that we're going to get an overwhelming response for this segment and it will be a mainstay of the podcast. All right, boys, that's it. That's another one in the books. Uh, I think it was a little bit smoother than last week. (laughs) I think I got out of holiday mode, definitely, to get this one off the ground. And I think we kept it pretty nice for time. We're at an hour and ten right now, so nice. We're we're getting better at not getting long-winded and going on for too long. Uh, Before we do, jump off the airways. Boys, any last thoughts from you? Loved your work, boys. And I tell you what, I love the new news drop, that uh, all the new drops that we had this week. I don't care what Jake says, they were outstanding. And also the fact that we gave the people what they wanted, the new segment, Odds Crystal Balls, that will be a mainstay for a long time. Yeah, it's a good segment. It's one of many good segments on this. And definitely to the league owners of the EDL, definitely keep sending through the dirty trade offers because we will yeah. continue to air them out week by week and we'll keep everyone honest in this league that's the best thing for all so on that note podcast over and out